four. Boom, baby. Oh, all right. So, uh, you think I should, you think I should, uh, sound like Brett again? Yeah, no, you should be uh, a totally different person for this episode. Oh, okay. You should put on airs. Well, no, I'm, I, uh, (laughs) sorry. (coughs) (coughs) Okay, sorry, I had something weird in my throat there. Uh, I sounded exactly like Luis for the entirety of the last episode. (laughs) Man, he was, uh, he might have had too much, uh, where he's trying to get the perfect combination of high and caffeinated. He might have had, he might have been leaning a little more to the other side. Well, it's hard to get the tiredness, uh, but the wiredness that Luis usually has a perfect balance of. Right. And right now I feel I'm more wired than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but that was a that was actually a really fun episode like it was weird for me not having you there cuz like I feel like when I have sure. when I have nothing to say you have something to say and vice versa, you know, but it's like I that's I literally I literally thought like man this is gonna be anywhere between like twenty to forty five minutes I'm like I could see this lasting no way I, you know I was like I could see this lasting like not that much time because you know I don't know I don't know I was just like I kind of I doubted myself and then as we were going through it I was just like oh wait me and Luis are like really good friends <laughs> like I could I could talk to him <laughs> for a long sometimes. time yeah I could yeah so it it really did feel like I was just like chilling with him in his living room you know just like chit chatting and everything and uh and you know also like when it comes to louise when you talk about something that he's interested in like he could he could he can talk go with the mo- with the rest of them yeah he can go and it was interesting too because like i you know i feel like our episodes lately have stayed more on topic a lot more which i enjoy the the uh meandering conversation <laughs> yes you do and Man, me and Louise fucking we we meandered like a motherfucker on that one. <laughs> well, I always I I try to keep us a little more focused. Yeah, you know, it, keep a you know meander and come back to it. But uh, I real I I listened to y'all's episode today. I listened to the entirety of it, and you, I mean, there was a solid half hour, I think. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it was hard for me to realize like, oh shit, I, if I don't bring this back, no one will. <laughs> Well, it was y'all. Y'all were talking about like Elon Musk and SNL and stuff, and uh, I think eventually Luis was like, "Yeah, he's got some issues." Yep, <laughs> and he was like, brought it all back. I'm like, "Oh yeah, right. I guess we should get back to the album." That was that was so beautifully <laughs> subtle. Where Luis is just he he brought it back to issues. <laughs> I was like so excited to hear what you thought of that album, though. Maybe you can. Did you ever? Did you listen to it at all? Honestly, man, I was wrecked that whole week. Yeah, yeah, man. You had some fucking, you had some issues. Yeah, it it started off, like, I took a week off, a, a week off from earbuds to uh, vacation Colorado, beautiful, uh, breezy Colorado, and I came back with a staph infection. Jesus. Uh, and so I got the antibiotics for that on the same day that I got the vaccine. Oh, my God. So later that night, I was a mess. I was like, you know, stomach shivering, headache, uh, no appetite, just like vomiting everywhere. Uh, And uh. yeah, yeah, it happened a second night. And then the third night, I was like, okay, maybe, 
it's the antibiotics doing this as well. Yeah. Cause like I couldn't stomach anything. I still, it's still hard for me to eat a lot of things, you know, cause I'm still taking those antibiotics and stuff. And I, so I've just been out of it. Wow, dude. Just look at it like a crash diet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's how, that's what I've been thinking of it as. Just, it's just like a, it's just my newest, the newest fad diet. Yeah. You're just shredding LBs, the staff diet. Yeah. like do you know i mean how do you even get staph infection uh i i think what happened is that like i just got a cut on my chin from a like a dirty razor blade oh no and that that's what it was i had a razor blade i thought i could use it like three times without i don't know getting a staph infection or something yeah uh turns out the answer was no uh and so, apparently, I just have a rare case that spreads all over my body. Oh, my God. Yeah, I didn't know that staph infection could, like, make you throw up and stuff. No, that was all from the vaccine. Oh, because I was I was telling my mom, like, oh, man, Brett can't do it. You know, my mom was in town, and I was like, oh, man, Brett can't do it because he has a staph infection. And she was just like, oh, no, he might be, like, throwing up and... And really nauseous and dizzy. And I'm just like, oh, I thought, like, I thought staph infection was like, you get like, kind of like open sores on your body. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it is. But the antibiotics I was taking, uh, disagreed with my body and made me nauseous and made me have to throw. Oh, Jesus, dude. That plus the fucking second shot of the vaccine that like. Yeah. It all, it it all happened on the same day, you know, because I'd. I was like, oh, this is efficient, you know. Jesus, dude. It's it's the same reason I got four vaccines on the same day just uh, just a couple months ago. I was like, oh, get all the same day, get out of the way. Oh, so you got like, what, like fucking? I don't even know what vaccinations there are now. It's. I mean, it was a whole slew of stuff I've needed to get for a while, you know, and I was. I was just at the CVS and I got my flu shot and I'm like, okay, all right, now I got to schedule three more. And the doctor's like, what? No, I could do that right now. I'm like, oh, shit. You're like, okay. let's knock it out, baby. Let's knock it out. Later that night, you know, feverish headache, throwing up. Ugh. And the and I'm guessing the fucking yeah. So the staph infection was what? Do you have sores? Yeah, I just got sores. Uh, they look a lot better. You probably this camera's not HD enough nah. for you to tell. <laughs> but they're all over my face, my arms, my crotch, my legs. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, and it was, you know, it was getting bad when I got back from Colorado because I thought it was just a scratch, right? And then it kept developing, and there kept, you know, more and more spots and more, and it hurt to walk because they were all over my legs. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So <sighs> dealing. So that was all happening while dealing with the antibiotic nausea, and the vaccine nausea the second dose vaccine uh like flu oh my god so are the new antibiotics working for you yeah they're working a lot better oh thank god dude so yeah it's still still a bit queasy still spacey but at least i'm not throwing up over myself and so that is the reason why uh i did not listen to a corn album uh, well, that's a that's a goddamn shame because I was really hoping to like spend a little bit of time on today's episode just to be like, dude, what did you think? Because I just had a feeling you were gonna shit all over it, and I was so excited. Uh, I listened to the first couple tracks, and 
it was all right. It was an hour long corn album. I probably was gonna yeah like take a t- couple dumps on it just because I don't know because like I didn't grow up with corn and to me they just look like this weird cheesy kind of braids band. Yeah, dread you know? well dreadlocks. Show some goddamn respect. So, yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, you didn't grow up listening to corn, right? Like you didn't. Were you ever into them? No. I I had only heard like Freak on Leash because it was on Rock Band or something. I love that. I song. knew they were the silly, down two nine steps floppy uh, bass band. Yeah, they played seven string guitars and tuned down to A. And and also. Which I was sorely missing from issues. That's, yeah, it's unfortunate that, that that didn't happen on that one. You make it hard to uh, be but, mad at you because I was like, man, I really want Brett to be on this episode. I'm just like, oh, but he has staph infection. I'm like, I wish you didn't have staph infection just so I could be mad at you. Oh, and also my computer broke. Oh, you're fucking. I, see, I already forgot about that. You you yeah. You distracted me yeah. with boils. <laughs> <laughs> I'm spreading it. I'm spreading my negativity. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm like itchy just like talking to you. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, this is a bad week for Brett, and that's fine. Yeah. My computer, my motherboard was fried, is what two different sources said. They said it's going to cost about as much to get a new computer as it is to fix this one. So I'm honestly, I'm like, I'm still on the fence of whether to get a new one or spend all that money fixing this one just because. I have a bunch of like music files and yeah. a lost episode of ours. Yeah, you know? yeah, we the famous monsters episode is on there. Yeah, man. Uh, I yeah. mean, it, it, there's a way to to extract all that shit from it, right? I don't. You know, I don't know. That's what I'm gonna have to figure out. Yeah, for sure. You know, if I can get a new MacBook, can I just like? Is there just a memory card I could take out from this one or something? You know, there's uh, there's got to be a way to extract that because I know like hard drives crash and they're just like they can still take shit out of the hard drive, you know? Yeah, it's it's just going to be a whole mess of stuff. Well, are you like uh, are you fucking Apple? Are you uh, a diehard Apple guy? Or are you a PC curious? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I in sound school, everyone used Macs. Right. So uh, and in music. Uh, most people use Macs to do stuff just because they, I don't know, they're they're better for it or something. I, I don't know. Maybe the RAM or something. They they work faster, stronger. Yeah, maybe it's because they don't uh, use space for like it, being able to play a single video game. Right. You know. Yeah. For like, they can run two forty Minecraft. Ooh. You know, with a lag. Ooh yeah. I mean, if you're if you're Mac sexual. I don't know. It might be worth fucking getting it fixed up, you know? Um, and I mean, at least getting all your fucking files out of there, man. Like, at least do that and then just fucking get, you know, whatever. Like, my laptop is a PC, you know, but it, it was like 700 bucks and it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Well, that's that's something I'm, I'm going to think on is not interesting for this podcast. When's your birthday? July 18th, baby, two months. Uh, Better save up. Yeah, I was, yeah. I mean, I'm thinking maybe you can get an early birthday present from your parents. <laughs> no, that's exactly what I was. That was my plan A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was an early birthday present. Plan B is uh, just crying at my parents for the early birthday present. I mean, I've done. that's how I got my dog. <laughs> 
you cried at your parents? Yeah, I asked my mom. I was like, hey, can I get my Christmas present early? Because he was born in, in June. And I was like, oh, man, I really want this puppy. Well, and it was only 300 bucks. And I'm like, that's that's about how much you give me for Christmas every year. I'm like, can I get a puppy? Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> and I I mean, I had to, I might have had to cry a little bit, but, you know. But, hey, it, you know, the, it tears, you, you don't got to pay for them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, poke one of your fucking sores and, and just make yourself cry. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've been doing all week. Oh, man. I bet people are going to love all the sore talk. Yeah. It's it's really uh it's really dope. I'm not especially with like a like a nasty uh staff kind of greenish filler on the worst on the worst ones. Oh, Jesus. And and like are your roommates fucking quarantining from you? <laughs> I I mean it's like super I was infectious. hanging out with them. Yeah, it is. I didn't find that out until later. Uh, when we'd all kind of hung out. <laughs> oh my God. So like they're fine so far. Yeah. So far they haven't, I, you know, I haven't seen anything from them. Uh, ever since I found out, obviously we've been a lot more careful. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I think like but. just skin to skin contact, uh, will will spread it around. Yeah. And, and, and so I've, uh, I got the week off work and it's been a, it's a bit, Oh God. It's just, a big, big company. Yeah. And asking oh, five days off work is like, you know, asking for all the money in the world from them. Yeah, I know. You got to call this line that is, it's like only open Monday through Friday. And you got to submit, a, you have to submit a case. Oh, you have to like create a business case for you to fucking take yeah. time off. And you have to at least... It, the, the chick was like, you have to have a doctor's note. And I'm like, I do. And she was confused. Like, wait, what do you mean you already have a doctor's note? I was like, <laughs> she was just expecting I didn't have one. But I did because I'm a big boy. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I m- made my case. And a couple of days later, they emailed me. And they're like, here's a 23-page document that you have to read through. Uh, here's a couple forms that you have to send back to your doctor to send to you. What to send fuck? us. And I called them. I was like, what was the fucking doctor's note for if I have to do this whole other sheet? That's just him saying the same stuff. Anyway, anyway. Oh, anyway, my God, anyway. dude. I mean, so nothing like it doesn't get much worse um, than having to take work off. And then it's not like you're enjoying time off. You're, no. you're dealing with bullshit. Yeah, it sucks. I can't even just like, you know, have fun with it. Yeah, because I used to call into work all the time just to fuck around and play video games or like go to the river, you know, <laughs> I guess it, it, it's a little different these days from all, uh, thousands back son. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> How, well, like, what was that? Like the 1800s when I was working at Pac Sun? Yeah. I don't know. In your Were fucking you... world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know your timeline, man. Man, I was talking. I got, I got my own timeline to keep track of. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, about the podcast and about you, and I think y'all are similar age. He's 27, 28, and you're twenty six. Yeah, twenty six in a couple months. Yeah. So I was I was telling him like that it's you know that we like because me and him like you know my friends is younger than me also, but like we get along really really well. And I was just like, dude, like you guys remind me so much of each other. And, but I was telling him, I was like, but there are moments where like, I don't experience a lot of those moments with, with my friend because 
he seems to like just be into the same era of music that I am. And so rarely has any movie or show or music come up that he doesn't know what I'm talking about. And I'm just like, see, that's the only time that I notice that Brett is younger than me is <laughs> when we do episodes on Limp Biscuit and Corn. And these yeah. other bands where you're just like, uh, I was negative one when Dookie came out. And we're like, fuck you, man. <laughs> it's always a fun game bringing up our age gap uh, in terms like that. <laughs> Do you ever have moments like that where you're just like, God damn, Lucas is seven years older than me. Like like things I say or don't understand. Well, it's just so weird, man, because it's not even something I ever thought of until, I don't know, until we started talking about stuff like that. Like I met up with y'all through craigslist and i met up and we're just like hanging out and just talking yeah and it was only later they're like oh we're like seven years apart <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> like a it, year down the band line yeah i mean we assumed that you were way younger than you were i was like dude this yeah. kid is like in middle school and he's not he's probably not allowed to hang out with us <laughs> and when i was like oh okay he's of age okay that's cool it, what, what were you planning on doing with me lucas i mean we met on craigslist i could do anything i want with you <laughs> <laughs> you got the rights to me. Yeah, yeah. I can put you to work in any any capacity I, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you walked into a very dangerous situation. I mean, it's still not over, is it? Uh, I, I'm just waiting there any day now. I've been grooming you for five years now. <laughs> I loved every loved every year of it, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad because it's about to get worse. Okay. It's all downhill from here. That's right. Uh, well, let me be the first to say, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Earbuds Podcast, a weekly podcast uh, where both hosts consistently come on every single week to make a new episode. Mm -hmm. I, of course, am one of your co-hosts that's never missed an episode, Brett, uh, Super Smash Boy Hanrahan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Been real in the Smash Brothers lately. Uh, and with me... As always, is Lucas uh, Speed of Light Hammer Punch yep. Intercobs. Lucas, the consistent one, Intercobs. And we're both consistent. Yeah, okay. Is the deal. I feel like I feel like between the two of us, our ratio of being here is basically the same. Uh, and it doesn't need to be looked at. Yeah, I don't think we need to examine it too much. Yeah. Uh, we have been referred to as the odd couple of podcasts. Uh, but more recently, I heard there's this whole new trend of people calling us the pod couple of podcasts. And I'm catching that wave. I'm into it. I, I, I mean, I'm not against it. I didn't start it. But I'm, I'm fine to just go with it. Catch a new wave. It's everyone's internet. Was that something from like 1995? Yeah, like, exactly. Was that like AOL or you something? Young buck, fuck you. All right. I know Yahoo. I, I used to love that. Yeah. I'm a jingle satisfying. guy. Yeah. Well, we talk about very good albums for a very good amount of time. So that's, that's what we're going to do is now. True. Yeah. We do that. Yeah. Uh, about it, what album in particular, Lucas? We're going to talk about Issues by Corn. God damn, you trapped me again. <laughs> I knew it was another one of these episodes where you pull me on and you switch it up at the last second. Yep, yep. I think uh, I think I want to get into it with you. I 
I was upset that uh, you sounded like a completely different person on that episode. Well, I'm just going to hit this button right here. Uh, okay. And you're muted. Uh, mm. This is Songs for the Deaf Mm-mm. by Queens of yeah. the Stone Age. I'm only muted on your side. I'm still recording what? on my side. Yeah. Huh? I didn't mute myself. I'm going to be in the... Oh, uh, boy. So these songs are going to be perfect for me because I'm... I'm leaving his audio off for yeah. the entirety of the podcast. He's willingly deaf, which is offensive. <laughs> Very problematic these days. Yeah. yeah. Back in my day, you could just be, you could pretend like you were deaf and no one had a problem with yeah. it. Yeah, it wasn't so PC where I wasn't allowed to have a, a pretend I had a disability. Yeah, I could go around in a wheelchair and just start standing up like I was God. Oh, man, that reminds me when I was a kid and I looked up to this lifeguard and... I thought he was so cool, and then I saw him at Walmart in a wheelchair, and I was like, oh, man. And I, came, I was like six, and I was just like, what happened, man? Like, did you get hurt, blah, blah? And he came up with some story, blah, blah, and then as I'm walking away, I see him get out of the wheelchair, and he just starts walking around. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he was with his friends, and they what were just that? like, they were just, he was in a wheelchair, and they were pushing him around Walmart, because, you know, it was right. hilarious. Okay. You know, it was, it was hilarious. And I, I bet it was. Mm. I, I wish I could have been there to see your face. I laughed and laughed in between my crying, and it was great. <laughs> it was a nice kind of comedic betrayal. Yeah, I'm like, well, trust. if you're going to fuck with the little kid's head, at least you're going to be funny about it, which I appreciated that. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. So what are we talking about again? Issues by Corn? Uh, Songs for the Death by Queens of the Stone Age, I think, is what we landed on. I listened to the wrong album. <sighs> Ooh. Well, this is going to be a, I guess we could both still do our half of whatever episode we want to do. Maybe it'll come yeah. together. My choice nug take... was falling away from me. <laughs> and mine of course is uh, no one knows. Right. Yeah. And it'll, you know, we usually don't really talk to each other anyway. We just kind of talk to ourselves around each other with microphones. So yeah. I think it'll be about the same quality kind of episode. Yeah, I prefer to talk at you and, Im- right. and impose my will. Yeah, you know? and I prefer to talk at myself around you. Right, yeah, you're fluid. Yeah. And I'm, I'm rigid. <laughs> I'm social fluid. <laughs> I can just talk to anyone like, yeah. at myself. Social fluid. <laughs> I will... Uh... <laughs> What's the word? Confession. Mm. Uh, I did eat an edible before recording. Oh! <laughs> Damn it, dude. This is like we talked about this. <laughs> I wanted to be right there with you, and I got nothing prepared. Ah, jeez. I just, uh, I was feeling real, like, out of whack. And so I, I felt like it would give me the pep in my step that I need to record an episode and keep me hyper-focused on the topic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think it's about time that we switch roles, and you're the high one, and I'm the sober one on the episode. Yeah, yeah. And I I think we see how that works out. This is this might be like the start of season two of Earbuds, <laughs> the return. Yeah, where uh, <laughs> I come back and I pretend like I was like 40 years old in the 80s, and you pretend like you were born yesterday. Yeah, uh, Goo Goo Gaga. My name's Brett. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's what you sound like. <laughs> that's a. It's like what you go. You go to Colorado once, and now you're a fucking pothead. Yeah, man, yeah, that was quick. I, I. I mean, it's the. It's the first time I've ever had 
weed that wasn't in Texas. Right. Not that I smoke weed in Texas. That's illegal. Yeah, who does? Uh, I would never do that. Uh, but if I were to have weed in Texas, the Colorado stuff is insane. I mean, it doesn't even compare, right? It's it's ridiculous. Like, I have to eat a fourth of an edible so that I, like, don't get high out of my mind and just pass out somewhere. Yeah, you know what sucks is that edibles don't do anything for me. Really? Yeah, I think I have too many fucking weed enzymes in my liver, and, and it doesn't process edibles at all. It just takes it as normal food. Yeah, man. I mean, what are their edibles like? I think the max I can go is like 50 milligrams or 100 milligrams for like a whole bag, you know, or a whole... Oh yeah, the one I candy bar. Uh, yeah, the one I purchased and ate in the entirety of in Colorado was a hundred milligrams. Okay, right. And you were in Colorado for a week, so you're pacing that out. Yeah. 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 So I well I I just put them all out down at one time, and I thought it'd last throughout the week. I bet it did. If you did that, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't do that. But I did. There was, I did do the classic thing. Uh, I thought I was smart. Ye- I thought I was smart. Ye- I took. Half an edible, uh, or it took a full edible. <laughs> a, a full and dose. I, I took a full dose of edible mm. because we were driving up a mountain, and I didn't want to be sober for that <laughs> because it's a terrifying event, and I'm never going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> so we got we got to the peak of the mountain. We finally got to where we were going, and I was like, "Shit, man, that thing hadn't hit. It's been an hour." Uh, I think I'll just take another because we have to go back down and that's oh boy. even worse in some ways. <laughs> so I found out that, that these edibles take two hours to hit. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. And so by hour like four, we'd gone home. We watched like Spy Kids, fell asleep, <laughs> woke back up and I was just like, I was zooted out of my mind. Fuck, man. Yeah, I heard edibles don't really work until you talk shit about them. Yeah, apparently that's... And that's what I was avoiding the whole time. I was like, oh, this edible is the shit, you know, and whoa, this edible do hit. Right. Uh, but it didn't work. And so, the, you know, I thought in my head like, oh, it's fucking edible. This, And then as soon as that happened, I'm thinking about new ideas for a Spider-Man movie where he turns into the Hulk. And it's a very in the whole time. It's just the Hulk, but it's called Spider-Man. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's actually my secret plot to get a Hulk movie back in the media. I like that. I'll get super high and watch that bullshit. Well, you know, I fucking ate 300 milligrams in one sitting and it didn't do anything to me. Three hundred. What did, was it? Did you, why, why did you want to die so young? Well, it was my first night in Portland and they had these gummies on sale, and each gummy was 50 milligrams each. And I was like, uh, I think I bought three that, that first night and ate them all and didn't feel a thing. And so the next morning, I went back to the dispensary, and I bought six because they were on sale. So yeah, I'm like, all right, sure. I'm going to get 300 milligrams. And what I did was I waited till the next morning to where I didn't have anything in my stomach, and then I ate right. all six of them. Shit. And they were like big. Like it was hard to eat six of these like giant ass gummies and nothing. Okay. Okay. Here's the thing is that I'm calling BS on you because we went with our friend Sam who was not a stoner. He 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 had never really done anything. 
and he ate a couple edibles the entire time he ins- he insisted that he was not stone and he was just saying whack shit <laughs> <laughs> and he just was convinced he was not stone so i need to see you in person sir take an edible before i decide that you don't get high from it. i will gladly do that i mean i made special uh peanut butter cups recently Ooh. oh it was great i have a ton of can of butter so i just uh yeah i made these peanut butter cups they were fucking juiced they were on the juice buddy and i had those were really hard to eat too because it was super rich chocolate and all this almond butter and everything in it so it was like one of them like i was full but i right. i had two because i'm just like well i'm gonna have two right up front because these these should be super strong i put a ton of butter in it nothing and i would know i would know mm -hmm. you know well i'm gonna ask around i'm gonna do some some independent research on this you better ask around Uh, we'll get back to that but uh dang this album huh (laughs) oh what uh yeah issues it's fucking great uh we're i thought we were talking about nimrod today I mean, I'm cool with Nimrod. I, I don't even have yeah. to listen to it. I can talk about it right now. I've uh, never listened all the way through. What? Uh, so I, <laughs> I've I've heard Hitch and a Ride, and I think that's oh, about it. That is like one of their best songs. It is. Like I love that in song. In general, we covered it in uh, college. Ugh, I love that song. That and Nice Guys Finish Last. And uh, what's the one? The where he goes, life's a bitch, and so am I. <laughs> uh, the world owes me so fuck you Glory days don't mean shit to me I'll drink a six pack of empathy No? Okay I, well, I've never listened to Nimrod all the way through I don't know It's like number three, Brett Alright You're like, I listened to Hitch and Ride and Nice Guys Finish Last and I move on I didn't even I haven't heard Nice Guys Finish Last Uh oh <laughs> <laughs> And so it begins this is a bad this is a horrible idea i shouldn't have done this <laughs> well to talk about uh songs for the deaf what made you yeah. want to talk about this well it's a uh it it's an album that kind of has a bond with me uh my second drum teacher would like come to my house and teach me stuff and she recommended this album to me and like ripped it on her own cd and just like you know, gave it to me, and I just went in blind. I didn't know any of the song names or anything. I was just experiencing the album, mm. and honestly, man, this is still like one of my favorite rock albums of all time. Damn, I'm sure it's, Dave Grohl has a lot to do with that. Dave Grohl, yeah, that was the reason my drum teacher gave it to me was because she said Dave Grohl did the drumming on this. It's some of his best drumming, and I agree. A lot of like some great drumming for music in general yeah and i'm i'm listening to first it giveth and that's just one of many examples of some crazy stuff he's doing on this album yeah like on the chorus when he's hitting that crash but he's also hitting all these toms and the snare at the same time yeah are those extra toms or is that double bass honestly i I haven't seen it. I haven't seen him play it, but I'm willing to bet that he just used the toms and he's just got this active, crazy left and right hand and it just works in the perfect way. You think he's doing it all at the same time? Yeah, I do. That would blow my mind. (laughs) Like, it sounds sounds like there's, it's a whole, like, you know how Ark's Bandits will do it sometimes where they'll have like 
extra toms playing along with the drums and I'm like it sounded like it was a totally separate recording that they just kind of layered on top of it right it may be but i you know Damn. it's just the the that my gut tells me he just did in one take and, and let me tell you by the way i did some research on how this album was recorded kind of background and all that stuff yep You've do you know how Dave Grohl recorded the drums on this album? I can't believe this is this is how they did it. It can't be it, right? I believe I, I believe it. Nu- I mean, I just it's, just it's just Dave Grohl telling tall tales like he always does. He's just you know Dave Grohl that that ego on him, <laughs> making him have to he, come up with these wild stories. Supposedly, Dave Grohl recorded all of the drums and all of the cymbals separately <laughs> yeah like <laughs> which is a crazy thing to do for crazy people i can't imagine ha- like so when he was recording the actual f- drums they used like electric drum cymbals so he, he yeah. was still having the motion yeah he could still do everything he was doing but the the there they wouldn't record any cymbal sound so that the drums all sounded you know that's why the drums sound how they do on this album, right? Is because of that technique, and they uh, uh, put the drums in an isolated room so that it's very tight. There's not a lot of reverb on them. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hit, you know, a lot of punch. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was kind of cool too on on a lot of the tracks where you can hear that they uh, they like panned certain symbols for certain like the ride symbols right. in the in your right ear. And the yeah. hi-hat seems to be in your left ear. And I don't think I've ever heard that before, or at least never noticed it before. And I thought it was really cool. Yeah, we it, we used to do that all the time in sound school, so I thought it'd be a more common thing. Uh, you don't hear it often, right? Because I was like, what is sounding I mean, so different to me on these drums, despite their insane way of recording it? I was just like, they're yeah. legitimately panning certain elements left and right. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. I mean, I can't... Yeah. Uh, apparently, the process like took forever. Yes. Uh, but I feel like Dave Grohl would be the kind of person to stick with it. <laughs> and he was. And he was. I mean, it's just crazy to think that this... There are some songs on this album that are five, four, five, six minutes. Like, having to do multiple drum takes like that just to record certain elements of the drums over and over and over again, that must have taken so long. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know that Dave Grohl and uh, Josh Homme have known each other since like the early nineties. Yeah. I didn't really know that either. Yeah. I, I thought he'd, I thought they, you know, had a previous relationship for this album, but I didn't think it was that old. Yeah. Cause that's like and, when he was uh, in Nirvana then. Yeah. And I, I had no idea. Some of these songs were from like some desert sessions. Yeah. Stuff. Desert sessions is cool, man. Have you ever heard any of it? I haven't. No, I, di- I didn't know it existed until I read the Wikipedia for this album. Yeah, I just heard some of the Desert Sessions uh, demos or compilations or whatever you want to call it uh, a couple months ago. I don't know how I, I stumbled oh. upon it. Uh, oh, you know what? I did. A, it was one of my albums of the day. Oh, okay. I just kind of stumbled upon it. I just saw Desert Sessions and I didn't know what it was. And as I was looking into it and I was listening to it, I realized like, dude, there's people like, Les Claypool and Dean Ween and like the uh, the basis for Soundgarden and PJ Harvey and Brant Bjork and like all of these people 
from like that stoner desert rock scene that they just they just get together and jam and they released like seven or eight of these compilations of them just like jamming over a weekend or a week or something. Jeez, man, that sounds that sounds like a time. That sounds awesome, right? That sounds like something I want to do and be in. Yeah, I mean, that's like one of my dreams. Like when you hear about bands that like, oh, we rented a cabin for three months and we just wrote our album in this cabin in the middle of nowhere. I'm just like, that's that's like a dream for me. Just an excuse yeah. to go and like be isolated and just work on music. Right. Yeah. It's crazy like how that change of scenery like really does get your fucking juices flowing. Like I went to Nashville and I wrote like six country songs when I was in Nashville and I don't even like country music that much. Like, but it, it got me. It's, it's yeah. It's all about the environment, baby. Yeah, man. I'm moving to San Diego in two weeks and I'm going to be writing some yacht rock within the next few <laughs> months. Probably. Great. Yeah. If you could just have that kind of vampire weekend on my desk by next week. Yeah. I'm going to be doing vampire weekend meets steely, steely Dan. Mm. Great. I actually think that might sound kind of cool. I, you know, I'm sure there's someone doing it right now. I'll look it up. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know Hami and, and Grohl were that good of friends. And, uh, oh, man, that's really pretty cardinal outside my window right now. Um, I fucking, like, Grohl, I mean, we don't even have to say this. Like, we and we've already basically said it. But, like, when we talk about Choice Nugs, there's no point on bringing this up anymore. Dev Grohl, like, fucking destroyed this record. No. Yeah. Obviously. Like, it's it wouldn't be as good without him. No. And honestly, before I'd heard this record, I thought Dave Grohl was a pretty overrated drummer. <laughs> really? Because I'd only heard his Nirvana stuff, which is, uh, it's active, but it's a lot of pretty simple beats. For, right. You know, and he did a couple things in there. Uh, but for the most part, I thought he was overrated. But then I heard this album, like, dang, okay, he does have some chops. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, several times listening to this, me and Christina, like, oh, we just look at each other and be like, oh, my God. Like, that, like, that, it was the end of, I, for, I I can't even remember what song it was, but there's a drum part I that he think plays. you're talking about the end of Song for the Dead, when they're, and he's going, yeah, and he does it for, like, a minute. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, it's going to end after this measure. And it, like, and he's still doing it. I'm like, this is fucking incredible. Yeah. Didn't he, he some... didn't he do the drumming for the color and the shape though? Or was that Taylor Hawkins? I, I mean, um, I would have assumed it was Taylor Hawkins had you not asked the question. Yeah, because like my heroes would got you back into drumming, right? No. <laughs> didn't you say my hero is what you're like? No, it was Monkey Wrench. It was Monkey Wrench. was a song that like convinced me I wanted to be a musician. Okay. Yeah. My Hero's a pretty cool song. It's pretty fun to play on drums. I love that song. It's it's not that great. <laughs> All right. Well, fucking... It's my favorite <laughs> Foo Fighters song, but, you know, whatever. Is it really? Yeah. Dang. It, I mean, I heard it a lot. I think a lot more than most other people because it was my dad's favorite song, too. Ah, okay. And we also, like, played it in college for this uh, ensemble. So I've, I've. Oh, so you just got sick of it. I've just I've just heard it. Yeah. Too many times. Yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. I mean, I think his drumming on this is just it's 
next level. And I, I've never heard like them crooked vultures or anything. So I don't know if he's yeah. continued to play like this good of rock drums. You know, I know he's still amazing, t- amazingly talented and stuff. Uh, but like, was, I would say it's, he, he seems inspired on this. I, if this, I guess basically like a more grown up, mature version of this is kind of what happens on them. Crooked vultures. Okay. You know, maybe not so crazy at times and not so raw. But they, he still has some creative sections. Okay. Yeah, I wonder how much influence he had on the songwriting. Or if they just kind of came to him and said, all right, this is the song. And he and it's like, write your parts. You know? For this album or for... For this album. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like Dave Grohl couldn't just be a session drummer. Right? You know? Yeah. He would probably be involved with the creative process in some way. It's cool that they linked up, man, like that. Like, it's it's so random to be like, you know, Queens of the Stone Age is an ongoing band. It's not yeah. like it's not like this was a super group or anything. And he was just like, I want to play with I want to play on a record with you guys. And he even postponed Grohl postponed like a Foo Fighters record and a yeah. tour for one this. by one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, which is crazy. I can't imagine crazy. how that talk with the other members of Foo Fighters must have gone. And the record label, I can, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, like. What what were there any big songs on that? On one by one? Yeah. Uh, I think that was the one with the heart. I I think there there was one, but I can't remember. All my life. All my life. Yep, that was on there. Yep, and that wasn't even that wasn't very much of a thing. I don't think. And times like these, right? And times like these. Yeah. Yeah, well, then, if that's the case, I don't blame Dave Grohl for skipping that <laughs> for a little bit and playing this way better album on tour. I think he, I might be, I think I might be remembering this wrong, but I think this is, like, his least favorite album is One by One. It's not really good. <laughs> Honestly. What you gotta do? Yeah, I mean... It was, it was, like, it was interesting going to the Wikipedia page of this. There's a lot of, like little things like uh Nick Oliveri, the bassist, like you kind of find out that uh he got fired after this tour. Yeah. Right. And it was apparently because of his he had issues with uh with uh what the fuck is her name? The the descendants or not the descendants, the what's, who's his girlfriend? Who's Josh Homie's girlfriend? What's her name? I don't know. Brody Daly. Brody Daly. Brody Daly. Um, she's, I mean, despite, you know, her being like really freaking hot, but she's also a great punk front man. Um, she was the, she was the singer of the, the distillers. That's it. Uh, the distillers. The distillers. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and homie started dating her and, uh, and apparently Oliveri had like issues with it. I don't know if homie was just like kind of, you know, that spinal tap situation, where maybe the the right. the new girlfriend gets a little too involved in some of the decisions in the band, yeah. But apparently it was like they got into like a big fight in a sound check of one show, and then like after the tour, Homie was just like, "All right, you're fucking out." Dang. I mean, to be fair too, like in a lot of the quotes and and interview stuff that I see Oliveri about this album, he sounds like kind of a fucking pill. So like he seems like a <laughs> like an angry person. I mean, yeah, I've seen a couple music videos with him him in it, and he looks like a crazy person, too. Yeah, he looks like Tank Abbott. 
like a skinny version of Tank Abbott. I don't know if you know who that is. <laughs> is that like Greg Abbott's dad or something? Oh, God, I fucking hope it is because then it, it would make me hate Greg Abbott just a little bit less. <laughs> uh, but no, Tank Abbott is like an old UFC fighter who turned into a, like a wrestler. Kind of like, uh, goddamn, I'm blanking on names today. Wow. Brock Lesnar. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Welcome to the blank name club. Your fucking edibles are wearing off on me. <laughs> it's a contact tie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, one thing that, uh, you know, I definitely have like my, my criticisms of this record, but one thing I, I it definitely captures the the desert vibes which is weird to think like how do they do that like how do you how do you write music that's perfect for driving through the desert yeah it's it because because a lot of these this whole album is perfect for doing just that yeah and I think there's like a concept of the album driving from Los Angeles to the Joshua tree yeah I think it's like kind of the the background behind this album or whatever. Yeah. And those um, are all the little interludes of like radio station stuff in between songs is them like listening to different radio stations on the way to Joshua tree. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know, like uh, the music video uh, for go with the flow, which is one of my favorite music videos. Hmm. Uh, it just kind of perfectly encapsulates the, uh, how the song sounds and what the drive would look like. They're just kind of like, I think the dude's on top of the car while it's driving and he's just, you know, singing along to the song. You should check it out, man. It's like silhouettes, red and black. Yeah. If I remember correctly. They're like in a hot rod. Yeah. It's very like almost like Sin City-esque. Like the same, yeah, right. the same kind of like, yeah, like After Effects stuff. Yeah. It's a great video. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. The uh, I don't know how they do it. I, like, there's something about they just they grew up in the desert, so they write music that is just like perfect for riding through the desert. It honestly, it must be a spiritual thing, right? You know, you just like you just spiritually believe it, and you're into it, and suddenly you can just make desert music. It's just like Cause in like, them, because like I don't know, man. I'm trying to think of like why why is it perfect for that? Why is it? the best thing for that but i just can't i can't comprehend it i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a desert rocker yeah i kind of wish i was man you know i'm really glad i didn't listen to a lot of queens of the stone age when we were writing mortalis songs because i would have ripped off way too much of this shit <laughs> it would have influenced me too much it i mean i wouldn't hate a little more queens of the stone age influence mortales i wouldn't complain yeah like there's something like <laughs> And I don't know if it's Dave Grohl doing this or whatever, but there's something like very dancey about some of these songs. Yeah, that's true. They are there. There are a good amount of punk tunes, but most of the beats are kind of they the, the beats themselves are upbeat, while the guitars are more like melancholic for the slow songs. Right. But not melancholic to the point where you're lying on the ground and sobbing. More like you're you're walking tiredly through the desert and you're, you keep putting one foot in front of the other and you know, you're yeah. not sure why it's like, like Eagle, that kind. It, it's weird because Eagles of death metal seems so random for me, uh, <laughs> going from like Queens to them. And then now I listen to this and I'm just like, Oh, they're like really similar. Really? Like at the end of the day, I'm just like, Eagles is just kind of like embracing the more poppy, dancey yeah. side of that music and this is like leaning more towards like the heavy rock 
but it's right. all kind of mixed in together. Ugh. Yeah, another so, thing that like yeah. I think fucking Oliveri seems like a a pill and a half is like they had different opinions on like why they wanted to use those fake radio excerpts. Yeah. And it's like because Hami just thought it added it like gave fluidity to the album where it's just like it's it's kind of a concept record. So like those little radio parts like just kind of add to the concept and kind of like bring all the songs together and those radio parts like yeah. introduce the next song, you know? Like and and they kind of like the one right before um what's the fucking god song god is in the radio yeah the little radio except right before that is like some guy talking about hallelujah it's like a sermon yeah yeah so it's yeah. like Hami thought he was like hey this just adds like the fluidity and kind of cohesion to a whole to the whole album and Oliveri was like i think the radio station should be like we're like kind of jabbing at him a little bit on like how all the stations, how a lot of stations play the same thing over and over and like, and Queens of the Stone Age never gets played on the radio. So I wanted like, Oliveri wanted to like basically use those parts to like talk shit about radio. Right. And Hami's just yeah, like, sure. why do you got to make it about, you know, like I will say any it's song. Edgy. Yeah. He just seems angry. And any song that Oliveri sang on, I didn't really enjoy that much. Really? I don't like his voice. I loved it, man. Yeah, I think Six I just, Shooter is one of my favorites on the album. Six Shooter is is cool, but I just I, Hami's voice is just so good. That's true, and there's also there's also a third singer who does a couple songs on this album. Yeah, the dude uh, from Screaming Trees or something. Yeah, yeah. I think he he sings Hanging Tree uh, as well as Song for the Deaf. He kind of joins Josh in that. Uh, and I think he's on one, at least one more. But I think he's on songs for the song for the dead too. Is he? That could be it. I think. Yeah, I think it is. Um, yeah, I don't really like his voice that much either. Really? I just want to hear Hami sing, man. I love Hami's voice. You're just a Hami head, dude. I'm, I'm a. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Hami guy. You're a little hot meal homie. You're a homie hot meal. I, I can't, you know, I can't deny it anymore. <laughs> I got to just accept that part of myself. Well, I, I loved that there were, I, I honestly, I thought it was Josh the entire time. Same here. Before, uh, you know, before I like thought like, oh, maybe the basis is, you know, and did some research and stuff. I thought he could just get to that point in his voice and, uh. The other singer who's not uh, the bassist does sound a lot like Josh. He does. He just kind of sounds a little more like rough, a little rougher. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I could have. It's kind of like uh, you listen to the first Nirvana record and you're like, this isn't Kurt Cobain singing. <laughs> and you find out it is. And you're like, oh, apparently Kurt Cobain can sound like a completely different person. <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought it was the same thing with this. Because I remember listening to this record like when it came out. Because, man, fucking no one knows was just like. That shit, immediately I was just like, this is one of the best rock songs I've I've heard. And and it and it is. And it's it is. A, it's a fantastic one, even to this day. Yeah. It it really, really holds up. And I was so I listened to this record back then and I dug it, you know, like this is more when I was into like getting into the punk stuff and and all that. But I I liked the record a lot. And yeah, listening to it again, I was like, that's not Josh Homme singing. 
Like on like almost every <laughs> second, every two tracks or something like that, like it was a different singer. And I thought you, that was kind of like, kind of like, huh? I was just saying, I, I thought it was kind of ballsy is not the word, but you know, you don't really hear that often where like different, uh, the next song will be a completely different person in the band singing it. Yeah. Without really any warning or indication. Yeah. And and they have their own style too, which is like crazy when I listen to it now. Cause like when I was listening to this and, and that first song plays that you, you think I ain't worth a dollar. Yeah. Uh, I was just like, damn, homie can fucking scream. And then a few songs later, <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I don't think that was homie. And I went back. I was like, Oh, that was the fucking bassist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I wonder like later on when they had to keep playing those songs, like they ha- always had to like find a screamer. You know, right? Because they fired that dude. Yeah, who was screaming on these songs. He got real fired. You know, one thing I will say, I don't, I don't think I like Oliveri as a person. Um, amazing bassist. He's fucking yeah. incredible. And I think this is probably the first band, especially back in the in when it came out in two thousand two, which is almost twenty fucking years ago when this record came out. But I think it's the first time I ever heard like a distorted bass. Really on a rock band like yeah the first time i'd ever noticed it you know right so i thought that was like really original and he's a really good bassist um but i kind of whenever he had an issue with brody daily or dally or whatever um i fucking i did too i mean she she broke my boy's heart you know you know who i'm talking about i mean yeah the distillers chick yeah you know who whose heart she broke? Uh, Josh Homme. No, she left. She left Tim Armstrong for Josh Homme. I'd okay. Oh, well, you fucking what? Tim. I don't care. I don't care about people's personal lives. Well, you should because even though she broke his heart, that made Rancid write one of their best albums because of it. What? Which album? Indestructible. He wrote, literally that whole album is him dealing with Brody Daly leaving him. Jeez, man! Like when you listen to it, you're like, it's it's a breakup record, and he's like, you know, if you love him, like I'm happy for you, and blah blah. And then in other songs, he's like, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the 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 traditional stuff you go through during a breakup, dude. I mean, Tim Armstrong and Brody Daly, like Daly, whatever you pronounce her name, like they were like the you know, king and queen of punk rock, like the two, these two punk front men and women that it's just like, Oh my God, they're so perfect for each other. And then you find out she left him for some guy in some fucking band you never heard of. And you're just like, who the fuck is this guy? And, uh, and I hated him. I hated him when I found out that. Can you tell me, uh, when that happened, did it align with your fanfic that you wrote? It, it completely ruined the, the last three chapters of my fucking fanfic. Oh no, it went against canon. Yeah. I was like, I was shipping this left and right. And yeah. you know, I was shipping, I was shipping. Uh, I, and yeah, they, they, I had to rewrite a whole bunch of bullshit and, uh, I was edging writing that whole fucking thing. And then I, <laughs> I didn't get Couldn't to even finish. Yeah. Yeah. I got blue mind balls. <laughs> blue mind balls. All right. Well, it's a bummer. Uh, it's let me uh what other what other gripes did you have against the album 
Uh, I thought some of the songs were way too long um, mm. because they get really repetitive. Right. It's like, I'm cool with you having a six minute song, but uh, and how, if you're going to be playing the same thing for six minutes, you know? Yeah. Like uh, on God is in the radio is I'm sure what the one you're referring to. Yeah. God is in the radio and um, uh, the sky has fallen. Both of those songs. I was just like, God damn, these are dragging. Yeah. And, yeah, and Song for the I, Dead, to be it, honest. Really? Yeah, Song for the Dead I like the most out of those three, but Sky Has Fallen and, and God Is In The Radio is like, holy shit, y'all are playing. like, And it, it doesn't help that... Um, oh, man, which one was... It, it was like basically the chorus and the verse were the same riff. And um, so it just seemed like you were playing the same thing. Yeah, sky has fallen. It's it's repetitive because the verse and the chorus are the same thing. So it's like you're not really changing it up, and then you're just kind of playing that riff over and over again for five and a half minutes. Like it kind of, yeah. But you know, again, like I I don't have very many complaints. Um, it was really the songs that Hami isn't singing. I don't like the vocals, and the tracks that are longer than four minutes or something are just like really repetitive. Right. That's really it. Everything else I fucking loved. I mean, yeah, because I was just, I don't know. I, I, I have a, well, let's move on before I start talking about that. Yeah, no, and and uh, uh, one thing I'd, I really liked a lot is the fucking album art. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it. it's very iconic. Yeah, you know? yeah. It reminds me a lot, I don't know if you know of a graphic designer, I think that's what you call him, called Saul Bass. Saul Bass. He he did a lot of um, movie posters from like the 50s and 60s and stuff. And he does like really cool minimalist movie posters. Uh, I mean, I might know his work, but I don't know another guy. You probably do. Like he did the, the poster for The Shining. Um, he did a poster for uh, The Man with the Golden Arm. And it's all just like kind of pop art, almost like collage art looking. But it's right. very like strong background, and a lot of the backgrounds are red, like a bright red background with a big black thing on it. That's just like the outline of a person, or you know, something like. And it's reminded me a lot of, and I love his artwork, and so I've always loved the cover of this record a lot. Yeah, because it's it's. I was trying to discern what the meaning of it was, and I I looked it up briefly, uh, and then I think I got distracted, so I never found it. It's like a it's a uh, fork, right? Yeah, it's a pitchfork. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, going down to the right, uh, I guess, indicating like a journey or something. And I always saw a flashlight in the in between mm. the arrows on the pitchfork, but I don't know if that's that means anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Like in the negative space. Yeah, but it also kind of looks like, like a rocket. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, or like a tampon. <laughs> that yeah well yeah i will say though i've always thought that their their font was a little cheese ball <laughs> yeah a little bit a little it's kind of the creepy spooky yeah in the woods font yeah yeah a little bit it's like it would be on like an old like pulp novel of like an old fantasy pulp novel or something so i i kind of right. yeah but man that art is 
there's something about that minimalism, the simplicity of it, um, that it makes it such a strong image because of how just like, there's only one thing to look at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, aside from the words, but nah, I don't, what, yeah. what words <laughs> you're, you're just, you're just dead focused on the, on the little fork. Yeah. I'm just talking about, yeah, no, I, uh, uh, that was great. And I think, um, you know, other than that, I didn't like, even though I didn't have to listen to it, the fact that on their censored version of this album, they don't just like kind of mute out the cuss words. They fucking bleep them. Yeah. Who would want to listen to that? That was a creative decision. Who would want to listen to that? <laughs> well, they really don't cuss that much on the album. They really don't. Yeah. It's it's mostly the, the six shooter one because he's talking about killing people. Yeah. Right. Uh, I accidentally downloaded the clean version of the album. Oh God! Uh, so that's what I heard, and I I believe it took until that song for me to like <laughs> like oh wait that's a is this a censored album? And wait, is that how they're doing it? I don't remember radio stations censoring out like songs like that. I they always just kind of cut out the vocals for a second. They do a lot of dumb stuff at Lily's uh, at my friend's Hot Topic. They would like basically skip. They would like take the entire song, just cut and. and oh no! Just, they would just cut out that part of the song that had the cuss word in it, so it would like skip forward. Oh my god, that's horrible! Yeah, that's like the worst thing I've ever heard of. I thought the I thought the worst that I'd ever heard was when they reversed the vocal part for the cuss word. <laughs> See, I think that's funny. They're like, I don't give I like a. That. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I don't give a Yeah. There's a, there's a uh, clean version of, uh, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about you or anything that you, you know that song? Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not hip. Ah, you're right. You're not hip. Yeah. Ah, well. I'm going to, I'm going to Google uh, it. I don't give a fuck song. <laughs> I mean. DJ Rashad. This, I don't I don't remember exactly what it's called, but you find the clean version, and there's a version where it does that, and it's just cussing so much, and there's background vocals that are also like cussing, so they're reversing the background vocals as well. Oh my god, that sounds horrible. And it's, it's it's a chaotic mess. It's it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. It might be a little John for all I know. Yeah, I gotta listen to that now. That's like the worst when you're like halfway through an album and you don't realize you're listening to a censored version until one specific song and you're just like, wait. Yeah. You're like, man, I missed out on all the good stuff. It's a boner killer. Yeah, man. It's a boner killer. I could have been hearing all that, all those good cuss words this whole time. I kind of wish I had a little bleep though for like, for the podcast. Yeah. Because I feel like the bleep is kind of a little, it's impactful. It. It could get across a point very well. Yeah. It's almost like you know? I'd rather use the bleep than cuss because I cuss so much. And I know <laughs> I do. <laughs> so if I could just, if I could pepper in a bleep every now and then, I think it'd be a lot less. Uh, it'd be refreshing. Yeah. It'd make me sound a little less stupid for relying <laughs> on fuck so much, but I can't help it. I mean, that's that's been happening with me lately, uh, but with secret, you know, top organization information like the fbi and stuff you say fuck a lot well no i just give out information on the fbi but they always censor me 
you know oh like i'm i'm in here i know guess what guys unicorns exist you know but they don't you don't hear that you just hear a beep sound i you know i didn't hear a beep oh shit you might be <laughs> wait what's your last name uh investigation <gasps> you're the chosen one. Oh, that's what it is is you're the chosen one my name's fb investigation <laughs> my name is female body inspector i used to have that shirt I know you do, <laughs> and it's fine, and I forgive you for it. <laughs> and I will say another gripe that I have with this record, and you're, and this is probably one that you're definitely going to disagree with. Um, oh, Bo is whining. Uh, I feel like the album drops off after "Go with the Flow." Yeah, I, I kind of, I got that way as well. It's an hour-long album. Yeah, right. So I feel like it, it's hard to keep up this kind of steam mm-hmm. uh and i just always forget you know gonna leave you and uh do it again do it again yeah it's like it, it's it's a lot more you know it's not crazy stuff at the start like you think i ain't worth a dollar and six shooter and songs for the dead and all that stuff yeah so. first it giveth like those are all just so fucking good hanging tree yeah. is great yeah hanging tree uh, and then, I don't know. Another love song is is a little kind of basic, I guess. Basic, yeah. That one reminded me of like something like the Kinks would write, but also right. like maybe even like Duran Duran or something like you know like a post punk right type yeah. of song. Um, and apparently, like I don't know why, but Genius someone called out like, oh, this song like gives it a little more meaning. The fact that Oliveri sang it and he might be talking about. Brody and right, Homie, yeah. and I'm like, who gives a shit? <laughs> and I really don't like the haze and do it again. I thought it was no. so basic. All the hey, <laughs> hey, I love that stuff. Uh, I just I love like, that stuff in in the, like the claps that they put on this. Yeah, album. yeah, yeah. Like it's I just too cheese ball for me. I will say that song for the deaf is probably the best of the the later tracks. Oh yeah, for sure. That that baseline like reminded me of Tool. Yeah, it's such it's so riffy. Yeah, dude, I love it. But it's it's, I mean, it is the last song on the record. Right? Well, Mosquito Song is the last song, right? Yeah, it's like a hidden track. Oh, that's a hidden track. Okay. Yeah. That one's like very theatrical, but it's not. It's not one I would listen to again. No. No. I I I listen to it each time I listen to this album, and I I kind of enjoyed it. Uh, you dig it. The more I listen to it. Well, you're wrong. And okay. I'll tell you why later. But on okay. Song for the Deaf. Don't, not on here, though. <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, that, it's going to get personal. But okay, gotcha. Song for the Deaf, I also like the little Widdly Woo guitar stuff. that he's doing this little Widdly Woo, Widdly, yeah. Widdly, Widdly <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. I like that a lot. Speaking of speaking of guitar diddly-doos, uh, what's the... Uh, is it songs for the dead that I'm thinking of? Yeah, it has like oh they were all like wah, wah. oh yeah be the just like that classic like burn now yeah the that 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 rhythm is is a very classic like what like bluesy maybe the ding 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 yeah I don't know it sounds very old school but I don't know what to attribute it to same with um. 
Oh, which is the same with the old school, like uh, God is in the radio is like almost like a, a heavier, like ZZ top. Yeah. It's, it's kind of got that groovy feel to it. Yeah. That little, it kind of that swinging beat. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, that one is like, I dug it, but too long, but a great desert song, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, shit, man. What were your what were your choices? Uh, my choice nugs. I've been kind of going over them this entire podcast. Uh, but God, I've I've had so many different like variations of what my favorite songs are on this album. Uh, but I think no one knows has a very special impact on me mm-hmm. uh, because we played that song uh for school of rock and it was kind of like a way to hear it live right oh sure yeah i I realized how good of a song it was live you know and everyone comes in real loud Uh, Uh, so fucking cool yeah and of course yeah i just love that rhythm Dude, that's that that song is a classic. It's a this, classic at this point. Yeah, it's and, one of the best uh, rock songs written in like the two thousands. Like no doubt. Yeah, and it just sucks because like all these songs are in like F standard or whatever tuning. Oh really? Know? I I mean, last I checked when I was in like high school. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck is F standard? Is that tuned up? Like, like I can't. No one knows. I feel like is always. Is it in this crazy tuning that I've never been able to tune my guitar to? Really? Yeah. So uh, I've never been able to like play it. Man, it's such uh, a simple. I mean, I guess deceptively simple riff. On no one knows. Yeah. Right. That, but and I, but I love that he'll do the little flourishes every now and then because it'll be that. But then sometimes he'll do the. Like I love those little. That kind of breaks it up a little bit for me. That no one knows is definitely one of my choices. Yeah, and then the uh, the breakdown, you know, near the end of the uh, song, the ben and then and then and then and then and then and you know, and Dave uh, Grohl's oh, just going off, dude. Yeah, Dave Grohl's just yeah. going off. That was the first song that I noticed that the symbols were were being panned, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Mm. Like that crash or that ride or whatever, just coming out of the right ear. I'm like, that adds something to that. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then and then it drops again, uh, right? with that string. Heaven's miles above me. Yeah, do that. Comes back in again. And that string that the strings making that crescendo up until that part where it drops out. It gives me goosebumps, man. Yeah, and the backup vocals on this album, all throughout, the backup vocals and the harmonies are just like. They sound ghostly, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're breathy and in the background, but it feels they're great. They're great. They are great. And I know Grohl did a lot of the background vocals. Yeah. But I honestly, I think it's mostly Josh Homme's mm-hmm. uh, background vocals that got me, you know, who were like, ah, and it, it, it's just like, I don't know. He j- he has just the right kind of wispy kind of thing to, to, to get by and make it, like this this spirit in the desert that you hear behind you. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Like his voice is haunting. 
Yeah. And he has that really great vibrato on his voice. And it's just like, it really, really adds a lot to the music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So you were going through your choices and is that one of them? No one knows. Yeah. No one knows is definitely one of my choice nugs. Me too. Me too. Uh, and I almost want to give it to song for the deaf, but, uh, I think I'm going to give it to you. Think I ain't worth a dollar, but I feel like a millionaire. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just cause like, I love how that song comes in, you know, with the radio and the kind of muted drums and then it all explodes in like it does a couple of times on this album. Yeah. Which is a very ballsy choice. Very ballsy choice. Yeah. Seeing as it's like the first thing of real music on your album. Yeah. You kind of miss the like the first 30 or 30 seconds or even a minute of the song is like, sounds like it's coming through a megaphone. Yeah. That's yeah. really ballsy, man. But it does make it hit so fucking hard. And that riff is awesome. Yes. And it's great. And uh, I, I love the scream vocals on this album. I love how this dude sounds. And just the intensity, kind of the craziness with how he's delivering everything. Yeah, I, I will say this is the, this is the only song that I like Oliveri on, mm. and it's because the I mean it's just such a great way to start the record. Oh yeah, and then it and then it perfectly goes into No One Knows, which mm. I think is like the perfect next song to play on this record. I thought that was ballsy too, man. You have such a like a heavy screamy fucking like nasty song and then followed up with this really polished yeah. rock song after it like it's and and you have the 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 contrast of Oliveri's vocals and then Hami's vocals and you're just like whoa like this is a completely different vibe and and that song the yeah. the you think I ain't worth a dollar that's a, that's like not even 2 minutes long or like is it the actual it's music it's 3 minutes the actual music is it three? oh the actual music yeah it's it's a, probably about a 2 minute long song yeah, man. Yeah. That shit hits hard. But yeah. You know, it it doesn't go on longer than it needs to. It has that part where you think it ends and then they come back in with it. So great. But kind of like they do on like songs for the uh dead. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Which is oh god, that it songs for the dead uh uh go with the flow. Uh songs for the deaf. Those are, those are my, uh, you know, the ones that were in con- contestation for yeah. second place. Yeah. The second spot. Pretty, mine are pretty similar. Like that, I, I, just to like wrap up, you think I ain't worth a dollar, but I feel like a millionaire. Like there are so many simple riffs on this that are just so goddamn effective on this whole record. Right. Like, yeah. This riff is three notes. Like that alone, it's and I think a lot of it has to do with the guitar tone. It just like it's so like compressed. It's it's very compressed, very fuzzy, and very dry. Yeah. Ah man, it's just it hits really fucking hard, and that is a great driving song. Oh yeah, for sure. That's like I'll be aggressive. I will. I, I will uh, stow my patience. Yeah. And just drive everyone off the road. That's where you just put your fucking little, your little pea shooter you on your, your lap. Good boy shoes in the corner. 
<laughs> you put on your Doc Martens to go driving. <laughs> just to get uncomfortable, just to be uncomfortable and be more angry the whole time you're driving. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like wearing a jacket. It's like 90 degrees out. Yeah, yeah. I swear it helped me when we played live when I was wearing my Doc Martens because those boots are so goddamn uncomfortable. It would make me angry. <laughs> oh, And I would God, just get more man. aggressive. Oh, jeez. Doc Martens have no reason being that fucking popular. They are so uncomfortable. <laughs> I swear it's just the name. Doc Martens. And when did Doc Martens go from like being all about hip-hop to now they're like in the metal scene? I don't get it. I I wish I could follow you on your on your shoe journey, man. I wish I could help you about your shoe hypotheses, but it's a, it's another area of life I know nothing about. You're like I was born three years after Doc Martens came around, so <laughs> <laughs> I was I was born in a in a pair of Vans, so I I know nothing else. You know, maybe Doc Martens were probably never part of the hip hop scene, but I always assumed they were because they sold them at like Gadzooks and stuff. And Gadzooks was like my store, but it was very like kind of hip hop store. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like a hip hop store. It, I think it was. Cause I bought like a Scarface shirt there and they sold like Jinkos and all that. But then, <laughs> then I think like now when I think about it, rappers in the nineties, we're talking about Timberlands, Timberlands. Timberlands. Yeah, I say Timberlands, but that's that's how they said it. But I, I think it's Timberland. I gotta say it how, how I I, I, I would say it. I thought it was Timba too, but I think it's Tim, Timbaland is the producer, and I think the shoes are Timberlands. I thought that was his shoe brand. <laughs> you thought Timberland made Timberlands? Yeah, I don't know. It made sense to me. I, I mean, now I'm confused, and you might be right. <laughs> I don't know what's real anymore. Uh, I know what's real. Uh, my love for this album. Man, I struggled with my second choice nut because no one knows. I knew it was going to be that from the get-go. Right. And you know my my internal struggle with picking songs that are already popular <laughs> and trying to find, you know, like uh, Diamonds in the Rough or whatever. Right. Trying to find those, uh, you know, those those stowaway yeah, tracks the, that you could pull out on, on all the posers. Yeah. The B sides that no one even bothered listening to. And that's all I like. <laughs> and I hate all the singles, but no one knows, man. That, uh, like I said, it's a fucking classic at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But I did, it did take me a while to figure out like which one would be my second. And I settled with go with the flow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff I like about that track. Like I really like the piano in it yeah I, th- I think it's a really cool touch and it's literally just like little ping little piano pings the whole time just ping 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 ping, ping. and i think it's just the same note the whole time i'm pretty sure it's right? the same note the entire time it's honestly more of like a percussive instrument <laughs> yeah it just kind of fills it point. in a little bit yeah and oh man yeah it's great and it's another like simple riff but awesome like very effective riff the drums yeah. are the drums are killer. Oh yeah, and you talk to any drummer, and they, you know, they love playing this song. So you just flam, 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 yeah. You know, bunch of flams. You could just just beat beat the whole drum up with this one. You just you go ham on flam. But this whole record's fun to play on drums. I can imagine. Yeah, I can imagine. And this and go with the flow got them nominated for a Grammy. Really? Yeah, the for best rock performance. 
best rock. Huh. Yeah. I don't, I think like when they say like performance, I think they mean like song. So they got nominated that year for like best rock song, I think on the Grammys. But they have a best rock song category, don't they? Uh, You're asking the wrong person. Ah, well. I don't, you know, I saw it on the Wikipedia. I don't dig any further than that, dude. You know that. (laughs) You don't click the links. You don't know where they go. Yeah. I don't need to know what, you know, when they highlight music. And I'm just like, I don't, I know what music is. I don't need to learn more <laughs> about music. I've heard it all. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the piano is hitting the same note, which I love. Um, yeah. The music, like you said, the music video is fucking dope. The music video definitely uses a lot of that Saul Bass type of uh, minimalist artwork, like the contrast of reds and whites and black. Yeah. That's right. like a big thing for him. And, uh, but one thing that I thought was kind of cool, and it and honestly made me like the song even more, was he kind of his vocals kind of remind me of Brandon Boyd sometimes on the song. You Brandon, know, uh, singer of Incubus. Hmm. Because Brandon Boyd also uses a lot of vibrato for a rock band, which isn't you know isn't that you don't find it a lot in rock music where people use a lot of vibrato. Like I feel like them in this way, in this yeah. way. Right. It's just like, it's kind of the same with like system of a down. It's like, you don't hear that type of singing in a right. lot, you know? Yeah. 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 Which was some of the songs on here did remind me of system of a down. Um, like the sky is falling and hanging tree. Both of those. I was like, these kind of have little, like some sewed vibes, you know? Yeah. Now that you're saying it, I, I I'm kind of seeing it. Yeah, yeah, but it does specifically on "Go with the Flow." It's the line, "Do you believe it in your head?" That sounds a lot like Brandon Boyd to me. It was like, "Do you believe it in your head?" Like the way that he sings that line, I'm like, "Wow, I could, okay. I could hear Incubus covering this song <laughs> and just having a little DJ stuff in the background." Yeah, yeah. Just that typical incubus stank. Just some of that incu incuhuba stank. Yeah. Ooh. That's what we got to uh, do next. We got to do huba stank next. Yeah. Do we got to do huba stank we, next? We gotta do huba stank next. All right. Well, it's your pick. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Oh yeah, it so is. So choose wisely. Oh shit, buddy. Let me pull up that list real quick so I can. So I'm on top of this. Now it's, I, I, this might not be the time to talk about this. We'll do that after we end this recording. <laughs> no, dude, get, bring it up. Get it out. Get it out. Do you know any EPs? Oh. Cause we kind of talked about wanting to do an EP. Right. Just cause our schedule, you literally just recorded with Luis like three days ago. Right. And we're recording with Michael like in a week. Yep, a week from today. Next Tuesday. From, yeah. <laughs> and so. Uh, you know, I off the top of my head, I don't. But um, I forgot that was going to be the the parameters that we were going to pick a song. So I will, I'll figure that out. Cool. Um, one thing I wanted to real quick before we go into ratings, I thought it was kind of cool that on "Song for the Dead," apparently the drum rhythm that they use to kind of kick off the song after the intro little solo part is like a homage to black flag. Uh, yes, I looked it up. It's only the part that goes like, so, wow, that's it. It's just that snare fill into the, uh, instruments, which is 
because I looked it up and this is like a very iconic song for drummers, you know, and just like these weird random out of nowhere drum parts. Yeah. So I was like, if this is a black flag song, that's pretty insane. <laughs> and that might make me actually like black flag, black flag for once. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jesus! I, you know, you're you're using you're pulling out the f bomb over here. I mean, for these guys, y- you keep bringing it up. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my Trumpisms real quick. I like legitimately like my whole body got super hot when I accidentally said that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's your repentance. I'm like sweating now. Good. Well, yeah, I deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, so let's let's get into rankings, man. All right. I, uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I'm gonna I'm gonna give this one a pretty high ranking. I was initially at first thinking about giving it a ten. Holy shit! Uh, but I've since then, since uh, us recording, I've brought it down a couple pegs because uh, there were a couple songs that went pretty long and. There are a couple, I wouldn't call them duds on this album. You know, they're definitely not duds by any means. Okay. But there are just some songs to me that I could leave out and I wouldn't hate it, you know? Sure. And so for 10, you got to love every song, you know? I mean, 10, you have to have zero complaints, zero criticisms. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that's what I was going in with. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking of complaints and I was thinking like, I don't know. I don't really, I don't think I have any. But uh, since we were doing this recording, I've brought it down to a 9.8. <laughs> so you, you've subtracted 0.2 off of your score. 0.2. <laughs> 0.2 points. So, and those complaints are that you you think that some songs are just not as strong as others? Yeah, I think some songs go a bit longer than they should. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's some... They're not weak songs, but they are songs that I don't like so much and that don't pop out to me that I don't really remember whenever I look at the title, you know? Yeah. So I think for, I think there are definitely people who would, there are a lot of people who would give this album a perfect 10. This album got Uh, a a lot of recognition. Like they, this, this is what blew them up. Yeah. Right. A lot of really good reviews. So Jesus dude, a 9.8. 9.8 yeah that is i and i brought this in thinking i was going to give it at least 9.5 if not higher that is a strong that is the highest rating you've given any album so far yes sir yes sir that's right wow D- did i give rx bandits a 10 mm, you gave it a 9.9 i think a 9.9 because that you were like oh, i don't get things a 10 because i like that fine <laughs> Uh, but I will say that I compare every album to that one because it's my favorite of all time. So why didn't I give it a 10? That's what I was saying. I was saying uh, live a little. You, live a little. You've been holding on to this since that recording. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've wanted to... I've, I've been thinking... The albums I would probably give a 10 are D-Lost in the Comatorium by the Mars Volta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe Odd Soul by Mute Math, but I haven't listened to it in a bit, so I'd have to like reassess. That was a great record, the Mute Math one. I really loved it, man. Really, it's really good. It holds up for uh, sure. And I'm I'm sure there's a 
there's a couple others, but I just can't. I haven't been able to think of them. Well, I mean, goddamn, 9.8. Well, you know I'm not going to come anywhere near that. Nah. Yeah. Uh, I First time I listened to it, it, I thought I was going to give it like a like a eight something or a seven something. And then the more and more I listened to it, the lower the score got really. Yeah. Just because realizing like how much it falls off for me after go with the flow. Um, and how much I dislike the vocals that aren't Josh Homme. Dang. But again, I was, I was like, Oh dude, this is like an eight point something like strong. And then the more and more I listen to it, I'm like, okay, it's getting a little lower now. But I can't go below a seven just because of how good the music is. Even on the songs that I don't necessarily enjoy. Like you said, there are, there are definitely weaker songs on here. Um, no, I mean, go ahead. Test my patience. Go below a seven. Go ahead. See what happens. Go ahead. Um, try. Yeah, try. Try me. <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> 7.4. Yeah. Not a bad score at all. Not bad at all. Nothing to be ashamed of, mm. though you should feel a little ashamed of yourself. I'm going to, you know, listeners, Brett's going to text me for three days after this <laughs> about how much I embarrassed him. Yeah. It's like, I can't believe you did that to me live on air. <laughs> I couldn't edit it out. <laughs> then nothing could be done. <laughs> I for sound that nothing not like you. I can't replace your vocal part. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, 7.4. I, th- I think it's a really, really good rock record. Dave Grohl kills it. Josh Homme kills it. All the riffs are fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of, couple of weaker ones. And, you know, between numbers 10 and 15, tracks 10 and 15. But Oof. I really like this album, dude. I mean, again, like, you can't... No one knows it's just a fucking classic. So that alone is going to give it a, a high score. I honestly, man, they they still haven't come out with anything even close to touching this album. You know, it's funny you mention that, dude, because my favorite album by them is Like Clockwork. Yeah, I I mean, yeah, I could see why that would probably be your favorite. But this is like, this album is exactly like the type of stuff I dig. Right. You know? Yeah. And so they... After this album, they were like, okay, we did that. We're going to something else, which is, I'm not saying they got worse, but they just moved on and I wanted them to stay. I get that, man. I get it. And honestly, like I was kind of hating on their last album, the villains. Yeah. I really didn't like the singles that I heard from it. So I, I thought they were getting too uh, poppy at that point. (laughs) That might be true. That single was pretty. Is dancey. Not what I was expecting of these guys after like clockwork, honestly. Yeah. Like I think like clockwork is like their heaviest stuff. And that's what I liked a lot about it. Right. But uh, yeah, man, this is great. What would you, uh, what would you rate this episode? I'm giving this episode a 9.7. Only dropping a couple points because I'm pretty sure, uh, I said a lot of gibberish and I just don't remember because I'm very high. <laughs> well, I loved it. I loved seeing you and hearing you get gradually more stoned as this episode went on. Not that I'm in Colorado, right? Now. I'm recording in Colorado. Yeah, we're we're in Colorado. Yeah. So, don't at me. 
<laughs> yeah, we don't need to hear it, FBI. <laughs> you guys just get off my back. You're not going to censor Obama us. Obama knocks on my door every day and tells me to give it up, but I won't. Yeah, man. Obama got high. Why can't I? <laughs> that's that's a t-shirt I got. That's a new song I'm writing. <laughs> I would give this episode a 9.7 also. Well, matching scores. And now it, Look at it's us. starting to make a little more sense why the setup for this episode took so long. Because you took an edible well, okay well i was sir <laughs> i have to work the whole new computer a whole new program that i had to hook up a new microphone there's no excuses hey i had to download skype oh man i'm like hey you got zoom the thing everyone downloaded last year and never took and you're like no i'm a skype man you download skype yeah and i'm like oh, okay sir because he was going to beat me if I did otherwise, like usual. Well, you know, <laughs> stop asking for it <laughs> at this point. Ah, jeez, man. You know what you are? You're just another love song. Oh, man. man. That's the weakest one on there. That's the <laughs> biggest insult you've given to me this episode. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, shit, man. I think I figured out what I want to do next. Really? Yeah. Okay, tell me what it is. It's not an EP, so I can we can change it if you want me to, but it's a shorter album. It's like half an hour. Okay. And it's by a band called Coastal Kites. It's called... Ooh, okay. Yeah, Journey into the Savalin Forest. I believe you gave this album like a 9.8 or something on your album of the week. Yeah, dude. Or album of the day. So this is... This is, this is a big one. This is a big one. It's 35 minutes, so I can find a shorter one because I, I, I got another option that's like 28 minutes. I mean, here's the thing. Okay, honestly, if you like that album so much, I don't think – I think I want to take a full week to listen to it. Cause I get that. Right now, we only honestly have like four days yeah. or something. I mean, yeah, three days. Three days, yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll talk about it off okay. off camera. I, yeah, yeah, off off air. We'll, we'll settle it. Yeah. But all right, cool. Yeah, because I really, really like that album. And I've been so curious what you think of that. Like when I thought about that one and put it on the list, like I got excited that I remembered it. Yeah. Definitely want to save it for when I could like listen to it for a full week. All right, sweet. Sweet. Then we can do that. Uh, well, buddies, thanks for listening. Brett, I missed you, man. You know what? I missed you too, man. I did. And I wanted to call out that... Uh, I liked your your eye makeup that you had in some of those Colorado pics. Oh, thank you. I don't know if Lily did that for you or if you did it yourself, but it looked good. It's a secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> y'all y'all did it for each other. You did her makeup and she did yours. Yeah, we all we were all kind of just swapping makeup kits <laughs> and brushes. And they somehow didn't get staph infections. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, it's weird because okay that's that's a fucking miracle. Uh oh. No, I just thought of something that I refuse to let be recorded. So let's just move <laughs> on. Thank. Why don't y'all check us out on EVP Cast Instagram? Yep. Uh, you could also find our personal accounts: John Luke Guitard and Brett Hanrahan, mm-hmm. where I've been posting Colorado landscapes. If you care for anything like that. Mm-hmm. And Lucas has been just posting whatever 
he posts all the time, as usual. So just does some whatever bullshit. Just dank memes. Just dank memes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have a YouTube and a website, Libsyn, technically, kind of. Technically. And also, we might be recording a video podcast at some point, too. We wanna, I, I kind of want to try that out. We'll wait for the staff infection to heal before we talk about that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I forgot, you know, man, we had a, a fucking ad that we were supposed to read on this app. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, like a paid advertisement? Like a paid advertisement. Okay. I got it right here. All right. Yeah, go for it. All right, listeners. This episode is brought to you by Jim Water. During these trying times in a pandemic, there's one thing that I haven't stopped doing, which is going to the gym. For hours a day, every day, and what's the worst? You're all about that. Yeah, I, you know I, I'm all about gains. Yeah. And what's the worst possible thing that could happen to you while going to a gym during the pandemic? Pissing gym water. Getting thirsty. That's right. Oh, getting okay. thirsty. That's right. the worst that could happen to you. And there's nothing I'm scared of more during the pandemic than getting thirsty. Hmm. So if you're thirsty, pick up a case of gym water. Spelled J I M. It'll J. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So it's 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 like Jim's water. Yeah, it's the guy named Jim, and he but and he bottles. He just rents it out to you, right? And I only drink it at the gym. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it's that's cool. That's a kind of hot spot social type of deal. Yeah. That's a neat. Yeah. It'll keep you like hydrated. Uh, it, it'll possibly keep you from getting sick and dying. Who fucking knows? You know, I've heard that people who uh, don't have it die eventually. Gym water, specifically. Yeah, gym water. Yeah. Which is crazy, because I've gone a long time without ever of having heard of that. I know. I literally just started drinking it uh, when they sponsored us, and I can't, I'm never going back. Well, I'm never going forward. I mean, give it a shot. It's now with 20% more salt. In the water. Wow. Yeah. What a deal. Yeah, yeah. So you don't got to bring your own anymore, folks. Yeah. You, you don't, no more adding your own salt to your water bottles. Now this is 20% more salt, and that's a great deal. So, you know, here's the tagline gym water, when regular water just isn't salty enough. Mm. Is, there, is there like a coupon code that we can give the good people at yep, home? Yeah, go to gymwater.com, uh, put in promo code comedy bang bang. <laughs> And you'll get 25% off the additional salt packets that you have to order Dang. with the water. Because you kind of, they give you additional salt packets. Um, we couldn't. Are we just doing an ad for Comedy Bang Bang for Gym Water? Yeah, well, Comedy Bang Bang paid what? us to advertise Gym Water and their promo code. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so do we get, do we see any of that money eventually? Or I didn't ask. Right. You know, I just, Scott Ackerman called well, me and I'm, I was just floored. Yeah. And he just, he was just like, and introducing Lucas Indrakovs and you were able to talk. Yeah. And he said, come Finally. up with a, a product that you believe in. And I came up with gym water. Oh, so it's your product. I have, I said too much. Oh, jeez. I'm not getting <laughs> the cover up the scandal of the century. Yeah. This water, this water and money is not going directly into my pocket. <laughs> I don't know Unless you pay extra Yeah, unless you buy those salt packets Which I really highly recommend Yeah Yeah 
Oh, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thanks, buddies. <laughs> See you next time. Lucas. Brett. This was good. This was good. <laughs> and a three, and a two, and a one.